it really goes right to the heart of our whole government. You know, the people that get there, the thing that they care most about is being reelected. And the way to get reelected is to promise people free stuff. Last year, the interest was about $400 billion that we paid on our national debt. The overall effect of this is going to be a recession. We need to be more fiscally responsible because the potential consequences would be dire. Welcome to another episode of Fact Check. I'm Caitlin Riley. And I'm Bill Fian. And when we talk about money, it can be easy to think about it in terms of dollars and cents. It was really easy to think about money when I saw $1,400 deposited into my bank account. But when we look at that money on a broader scale, we get into millions, billions, or even trillions of dollars. Is that so easy to comprehend? And today we're talking about something that's been addressed, but have we ever dove deeply into inflation? Well, inflation is the consequence of the government, in many cases, creating too much money. And you know, the lesson of history is that when we see this kind of massive devaluation of our currency, uh, inflation is, is sure to follow. So in the last year, the United States federal government has created about $7.5 trillion of new money. And that's what's been used uh, in the so-called COVID relief packages uh, that we've seen. $7.5 trillion. How much, how much is $7.5 trillion? Well, it's about a third of all the gross national product of the United States in a year. And... It's about almost double what we, the United States federal budget is. Federal budget is about $4.3 trillion. So $7.5 trillion is just a massive amount of money. And now we're talking uh, or we're hearing talk about uh, doing infrastructure and printing up another $3 trillion. So really the, the topic of today's show is to take a look at what are the consequences of creating all this money? Uh, we know that one of the consequences is definitely going to be uh, higher inflation. And what does that mean to people and what does it mean to the future of our country? And let's get to the base of this question. We're talking about money because you mentioned how this could be a consequence of just continually printing money. And I'm sure we've all had that notion of our head of why does money matter? It's a piece of paper. Why does this have value attached to it? People began to realize that there were certain metals that were scarce, like gold, uh, the most scarce of metals, and silver. And it wasn't long after that that they started to press those into coins. And we know from thousands and thousands of years ago that many kings in the first political campaigns, printed their images on those coins as a way to show people their power. And so that was the original money, was it was precious metals. And then, you know, what do you do with those coins? Well, you have to put them someplace safe, right? So they would put them first with blacksmiths who had safes, and they would get a piece of paper that was a certificate of deposit. Well, you might be trading and maybe you're buying some oxen or a piece of land. And geez, do I really want to make the trip all the way to town to get those coins? I'll tell you what, I'll just sign this certificate of deposit over to you. 
and that was really the first paper currency. After that, the, the banking system began to evolve. So when money was placed on deposit, people earned interest on the money that was deposited. And so uh, eventually we got to the point uh, where here in the United States and in many other places, there was no longer a fractional reserve currency. That is to say, we no longer could go to the bank with our silver certificate and get silver. And in 1973, the United States went off the gold standard where gold backed our paper money. And we now have what is called a fiat currency. It's, it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. Well, what is that? Well, it's basically our ability to tax. So the federal government's ability to tax is really the only thing that stands behind paper money today. Uh, I've been frustrated for years to hear people on the liberal side of the political divide say that deficits don't matter. And so I think we're, we're going to find out that uh, deficits do matter because the United States government has to pay interest on this money. And last year, the interest was about $400 billion that we paid on our national debt. Now, think about that. $400 billion dollars. That's a lot of money that isn't going to help uh, people in the United States at all. It's going in interest payments to people that uh, hold our debt. So it's, uh, it's something worth considering. What, what is the impact of these huge deficits and the inflation that's going to come, come with it? What exactly is inflation? Because I think that that's a term that might be hard to map out for some people, myself included. Right. Well, the concept of inflation is that let's say that you uh, you go to the store today and uh, a loaf of bread is a dollar. And then let's just say that somehow uh, the government printed twice as many dollars. Well, then that loaf of bread should be worth two dollars, right? It's no longer a dollar loaf. It's a two dollar loaf. And so that's really what the concept of inflation is. It's when governments or in this case, the Federal Reserve is devaluing the U.S. currency. So it's just a pretty simple thing to understand that when you create more dollars, the dollars have less worth, especially in a world where there's nothing actually behind them. And so why would we even do it? Why even print this money if we know that all we're doing is devaluing our own dollar? Right. Well, the reason is that uh, it's because we have politicians that run our country and politicians that are Democrats and Republicans are guilty of this. And so what politicians have figured out is it's a lot easier to get elected when you promise people things and, you know, things that can't be paid for. So Democrats are promising things like free college tuition and Medicare for all, which we couldn't possibly pay for. And Republicans are guilty too. When, Donald Trump and Republicans had control. What did they do? They cut taxes. So those tax cuts had a cost. And the result of all of this is that the federal government is running deficits. And those deficits, uh, we have to pay interest on those. So I would say that uh, it really goes right to the heart of our whole government, which is, you know, the people that get there, the thing that they care most about is being reelected. And the way to get reelected is to promise people free stuff. And is there ever a way of countering inflation? Is there a way where, let's say, we have our next presidential election policies come in place that could 
decrease our inflation? Well, the last time the United States experienced this kind of uh, inflation that I believe we're seeing right now, home prices were up 10.4%, according to the Case-Shiller Home Index, up 10.4% average nationally last year. So I believe we're already in this inflation. If you look at the cost of groceries or gasoline, uh, you can see that uh, those prices are rising. So what can be done about it? Well, in the 1970s, we had a problem with the U.S. federal government deficit spending. A guy named Ronald Reagan came along. He had a Treasury Secretary named Paul Volcker. And uh, what they did was they raised interest rates dramatically as a way to break this cycle. And so a recession ensued early in Ronald Reagan's first term as president in response to these high, high interest rates. But what it did was it broke the inflationary cycle. Inflation um, is often caused by rising costs. Uh, it's sometimes caused when the demand for something outpaces the supply. But it also can take on a life of its own in what's called the wage price spiral. So as people begin to have expectations of, of future inflation, companies sit down, they're making their plans for the year, Inflation was 5% last year, so we're going to budget in a 5% price increase this year because we're expecting 5% inflation. So it may be that uh, the only cure to break inflation is higher interest rates and a recession in the economy. What immediately comes to mind when we think of higher interest rates to stop this cycle? Interest rates on homes were in the mid-teens back in the 1970s. So home ownership, um, and for that matter, buying large purchases like a vehicle, become much more expensive. Uh, so that would be one of the consequences, is that we would see that uh, everything would be a lot more expensive to borrow money for. The overall effect of this is going to be a recession. Well, what is a recession? Well, the definition of a recession is declining U.S. GDP for two consecutive quarters. So it's actually a contraction in the U.S. economy, and the thing that would come with that would be unemployment. And we look at this large deficit spending that our federal government is going through right now. What are, what if any, are some of the future consequences that could come from that? Well, other nations have already begun talking about the United States no longer being the world's reserve currency. And a lot of people are going to say, well, world's reserve currency, what does that mean? Well, the United States economy and our dollar have been the basis for the global economy really since after World War II. And so what has been happening is that as we continue to expand our debts, our national debt and the deficit, uh, many of these countries don't like it. So a lot of people know that China was holding about a trillion dollars of what is now probably a $27 trillion national debt. So as we have gone on this path of increasing that debt, their dollars are becoming worth less. That's called the process of monetization. So it's ironic because our Federal Reserve and federal government, by embarking on these policies, they actually make the outstanding uh, debt that we owe worth less. But the, the catch-22 is what happens when interest rates begin to rise. Then our ability to sustain that debt is going to uh, become a big problem. And we may actually get to the point where we would have to default on that debt. 
But we already see that other uh, nations around the world are looking at using another currency uh, to, for global trade. Uh, the United Nations and the International Monetary Fund are pushing for a new world reserve currency, and it could be a basket of currencies from countries like China, which is probably very close to becoming the world's largest economy, and some other European nations and probably some uh, Arab nations. But the loss of the reserve status for the United States dollar would be a huge blow uh, to American standard of living. Uh, we benefit to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars a year because when you make money, it's a profit-making enterprise. Um, think about, you know, it used to be a penny. Well, you know, a penny didn't cost a penny to make and in the same way that a dollar doesn't cost a dollar to make. So the, the looming consequence in the future is that if we would ever lose the reserve status, it would be devastating to the United States, as would a default on our debt. It's going to be a challenge. How are we going to manage through this situation? We cannot continue to run up these gigantic deficits. And what would happen if, worst case scenario, we defaulted on that debt? Well, we can look and see what happened with the country of Greece. This just happened a few years ago. Uh, Greece was no longer able to pay their uh, interest on their debt, and so they had to be bailed out by other countries. One of the major countries that bailed them out uh, was Germany. And so uh, if you had money that was on deposit in the bank in Greece, you lost a substantial portion of what you had on deposit. Uh, somewhere around 50% of what you had in the bank just disappeared. It was used to recapitalize the banks. And then, you know, there were demands made by all these countries like Germany as to what kind of budget the Greek government uh, could run. It impacted their national retirement system, which is kind of like our Social Security. Uh, these other countries began to demand that, you know, they raise the retirement age in, in those things. So basically, um, the debt collector came and forced them to have a budget and to live within their budget. And so if this was to happen uh, to the United States, uh, our standard of living would plummet because we're currently spending a lot more money than we actually tax. So it, it would require a major downsizing of the federal government. And that debt collector who had come, it wouldn't be a United States politician who's looking to please the people. It would be someone who would, like you say, come in and say, this is how it's going to be. Well, all those countries that are holding our debt uh, would, would be coming and knocking on our door and saying, you know, how are we going to be repaid? And our answer would be, well, we can't repay you. And so they, we would have some kind of a negotiation as to how we were going to make good on those debts in the future. Uh, but the consequences would be that we would have to dramatically cut spending. I mean, we've been running budget deficits now. It really began during the George Bush administration. It got really serious during uh, Barack Obama's administration. The first uh, four, well, the four years of Trump, it, it continued. And now we see that under the latest Democrat administration under Biden, they've already printed up $1.9 trillion, and they're talking about another $3 trillion for infrastructure. And so what is, what if anything, can we do about it? Like you said, this has been something that's been happening under multiple administrations, and we're looking at midterm elections coming up shortly. 
Is this something that we need to be talking about? Well, it, it is something that Americans should be aware about, and it really should be part of our national conversation right now. It, it seems like mainstream media is too busy playing politics and uh, acting as the spokespeople for the Democrat Party in this country. We don't hear anything in our media about the, the consequences of these huge deficits, inflation, the potential that at some point in the future um, it could collapse the United States economy. And, and there doesn't seem to be any serious uh, consideration for the fact that we, we need to change our ways. So I would say that it's important that people be aware about it, and that's why we're doing this fact check. And I would encourage people as we enter into elections next year to ask the people that are running for office what they think about all this. What is your position on deficit spending and our federal government spending more money than we can take in? And uh, do they favor some kind of balanced budget amendment? We, we need to be more fiscally responsible because the potential consequences would be dire. When we were chatting before about this conversation, one thing that we wanted to point out was, first of all, we never like to end on a, a, a tough note when it comes to fact check. We like to have encouragement, inspiration, and that is something that you bring to the table, Billy. Talk about asking our political candidates about this, starting that conversation. And although this is something that we want to postpone or avoid as much as possible, this is something that our nation has been able to live through before. Right. We've, we've made it through the Great Depression. Uh, a lot of people had hard times during the last financial crisis in 2008 and for several years after that. You know, it's important that people remember that life goes on. And what makes life worth living is the people you love and the people who love you. And people are going to continue to get married and have families. And that is where the real meaning comes from our human existence. It's not in having a bigger boat or a fancier car or a bigger house, but, uh, but it lies in, in our relationships with the people around us. So if this day should come, and let's pray that it doesn't, uh, life will go on and we'll rebuild and uh, the United States will continue to be a wonderful place to live. And really, uh, you're lucky. Uh, living in the United States today, uh, you enjoy the highest quality of life the longest life expectancy of any place in the history of the world. Well, thank you for that outlook, Bill. And thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Fact Check. Don't forget to join us in this conversation by finding Fact Check on Facebook. Just look for Fact Check, W-I-Z-M. And this will be my final episode of Fact Check as I'll be transitioning to a new adventure in my career. So, Bill, thank you for all that you've done. And you are going to be taking the lead role on this and Fact check will continue. Right. Well, WIZM is building a new studio, and that's going to give us the capability of having guests that can call in to do the podcast. So we'll be bringing in people from uh, across the state and probably people of national interest as well. And I just want to wish you all the happiness and success in your new endeavor. I know you're going to knock it out of the park. Thank you, Bill. And like I said, it's been a pleasure learning from you and working with you. And I'm excited to stay tuned to Fact Check as a listener instead of on the producer end and see the conversations that go forward. For Fact Check, I'm Caitlin Riley. And I'm Bill Fee.